supposed to remind you of something, but what was it? This meeting is being recorded by the remember. host or a participant. That's why I told you to remind me. Well, I don't remember what it was, just that you wanted me to remind you to tell Keith something, and I don't remember what it was either. Yeah, I tried to catch you at some inopportune moments by sneaking the recording on you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we could get rolling here and cue up our music. <laughs> Now that's funny. All righty, everyone. That is correct. This is the podcast that sounds funny. It is the week of December 20th, 2022. Sneaking up on a new year before too long. We are in Season 3, Show 7, Episode 111. 1-1-D-1 is what we're up to. 1-1-D-1-D-1-D-1-D-1. We are two blind brothers and a blind sister who tell it the way we see it. And I am your host, Keith, and joined with me are... Terry and Jill. Oh. So is, is it going to be a sleepy Terry today? <laughs> I'll take a while for my pizza narcotics kick in. Your pizza and popcorn. It uh, uh, happens to be December 20th, so it's my wife's birthday, and she might be sitting here next to me. I think she's going to be quiet, though. You're going to be shoveling some birthday cake down your throat, <laughs> forced to eat some ice cream. Oh, how mean of her. Such an evil woman. So I put on Facebook, you know, I said uh, she's got a twin sister. And so I said, happy birthday to Terry and Sherry. And I said, if you take your age and divide it by two, you are still 29 years old. Oh, yeah. 29 and a half. 29.5. Yeah. I forgot that part though, because they don't divide out evenly. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Um, <clears throat> well, we like to get started with a little bit of what's new. It could be something new. There's what you're doing. Classic, funny family story. And I do have something to mention. Oh, go I'll ahead. Mention away. Well, I was going to mention it last week, and I forgot. And the week that we had to substitute Jill out for uh, <laughs> Robin, um, she mentioned a word of the year was what was it gobble goblin mode? Goblin mode. Yeah, that's what I'm well, doing right now. Goblin. Mm. Yeah, you, you definitely are goblin on some food there. You're in the goblin. <laughs> that's mode. what she was going to tell Keith. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, and well, I actually heard that featured on uh, another Earth Oddity podcast, Earth Oddity. <laughs> but what I want to talk about is Marion Webster also has the word of the year. And the word of the year for Marion Webster is gaslighting. Mm. It's the word of 2022. That's when you light your farts on fire, ain't it? Well, I could have been doing that last night. We had some chili with beans in it. <laughs> I was sleeping under a hot air balloon. I tell you what. 
I bet Robin Lord wasn't boy. very happy about that one. Well, she was contributing to it, so. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. Girls don't fart. Oh. Well, they do something. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, but yeah, gaslighting. Um, it, it comes from a movie back in the four. I thought it was in the 30s, but it was in the 40s. It featured, I think, I want to say Ingrid Bergman, but I could be wrong, and Charles Boyer. And the premise was it was a psychological thriller, and the guy was tired of being married to his wife, so he was trying to drive her insane so he could get a, you know, a divorce by putting her away in a sanitarium. And he would do this by, because back then they had gas lights, not electric lights, and he would turn the gas up to make it really bright, and they would complain it was too dark in the house. <laughs> or, or he would dim the gaslight and they would complain it's too bright in the house and and it, the point was he knew what he, he was doing but he was trying to drive her insane by making her think you know she's going <laughs> off a rocker and so when you hear that phrase gaslighting that's where it comes from and maybe it'll make some sense under our current political climate where one party says our gaslighting is with that proposal of this you know bill or whatever all it means is they're trying to to lie to you basically and tell you the opposite of what is really happening. Trying to drive us all crazy. Like, I mean, Donald Trump not going to go to jail. It's like it's really healthcare to kill your baby. It's not an abortion. <laughs> okay. It's healthcare, at least well, not for the baby. It's not population but... <laughs> control. Population control. It is population control. Uh, there is that. But... Anyway, gaslighting, the year, word of the year for Merriam-Webster. That's all I got for my recently updated stuff. Interesting. Well, I got one that um, our favorite listener has told me that uh, when they moved into their house that they're at now, they kind of adopted two kittens that was living there. Uh-huh. Well, one of them has vanished and they can't find it anywhere. Is there a Chinese restaurant nearby? Could be, <laughs> but um, she said she sends the boys out, her two little boys, each day to check to see if the kitten is back. And they're like, "Well, there was two kittens because she built them a like a dog house, but it's her cat, so we'll call it a cat Ooh, house." Cat house. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> you got a red yeah. light on the front of it. <laughs> and so one day they came back in and they said, "There's two cats out there, Mom, but the one I think it was Ruby and Tiger is their cats." Well, I think it's Tiger that's out there, but the other cat is black. And it's got a white stripe. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it was Pepe Le Pew. Zero, zero, and so she was like, oh, well, let's stay away from the cat house for a little bit. It might put off a funny smell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was thinking that reminded me, you guys, when I said we was camping once and there was a a pretty black cat with a white stripe wandering kitty, around. Kitty, and... kitty, kitty. <laughs> yeah, Jill was calling that little kitty kitty, to come kitty, out. Kitty, kitty. <laughs> it's hereditary. It runs in the family, evidently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my grandsons, it may have a little kitty cat that's black with a white stripe. Well, yeah, of course, this is the week of Christmas coming up. By the time we podcast again, it'll be the week in between Christmas and New Year's. Yeah. 
So, of course, there's a lot of Christmassy things happening around. We've got the tree up. we got presents out. We're still in wrapping mode. All like that. Yeah. We are skipping the tree. He and I have been sick, and we just didn't have the energy to put it up. Uh, not too late. And now it's about too late. So we're just, we're not going to be here. Well, no, it's not. There's still some gonna... trees. I'll wait till Christmas Eve. Some people wait till Christmas Eve and buy a tree. Now that's kind of oh. dumb. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, but you gotta say you're not gonna be there. Well, we're gonna go to take presents to our son and daughter that live close. Ah. But then after Christmas, we're gonna all make different trips out to see Megan and so or our daughter in Wichita. <laughs> you're your number one fan. Our number one fan out there. Yeah. So it's going to be a lot of coming and going. Yeah. Well, does does Terry have some late breaking news for us? Uh, Nothing. I was going to tell you about the the goblin mode on Earth Oddity. Uh, yeah, they, they they did yeah. that. That it's like they featured that pretty much through their whole show. <laughs> Became about goblin mode. Uh, uh, for those who haven't heard it, it's pretty funny. I haven't listened yet. I got it um, queued up to listen to, but I haven't. Yeah, it's it's worth the listen. That's a good a good one this time. Oh, and they, they did make a request. If you, if you listen to their episode where they had Tiny's wife on, leave them a comment. Tell them how much you liked having his wife on. Yeah, that was one I heard last with Tiny's wife. And then there was one with John's wife that was pretty good. We should have our wives on, Jill. Well, you do. Yeah. <laughs> And ask them questions. <laughs> Your wife's been on my wife. I don't know. He my wife hasn't been funny. on. Yeah. Jill's <laughs> wife might be kind of difficult to get on. <laughs> He's not very funny sometimes. Uh, anyway, uh, I guess we could move on. Oh, I guess on a, a quick sad note before we move on, there's been you know death in the family. Funeral tomorrow, or by the time we're listening to this, today or yesterday. <laughs> uh, it's definitely a sad time of the year for to die any time of the year, but definitely around Christmas time. But hey, uh, my wife read the obituary for her online, and she definitely lived a full life. And uh, Yeah, she did. Uh, Nola. Oh, there's a hit I was say, I, I had it. Uh... I guess we could say her last name because it's like stalkers going to go dig her up or something. <laughs> Wasn't it Betchner? Yeah. 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 I'd say, uh, how old was she? 87. Oh, I'd say, I was just going to say, uh, it's not a family news story, but I heard a story this morning on the news. This is like years later here, I think just a couple of years, they finally prosecuted. A 97-year-old woman for uh, Nazi war crimes in Poland. Oh, wow. <laughs> Just 97. I was like, she would have been... Kind of late to the game on that one, but... She yeah. would have been 20 or so, I guess, but... She, was she may get life in prison, huh? Yeah, I guess. A couple yeah. years. That's all that. Her for the next, next year or two, yeah. Like, I figured all the people would be dead by now from World War Two, but... No, they're still 90, out there. At 97, she would have been in her 20s during the 40s. So, well, no, yes. 42 would be 80 years ago. Mm. Yeah. Anyway. 
So, anywho. Born you, didn't I? You know what'll happen if you start lying. Let's go ahead and move on to something random. Yeah. We have a random topic. Um, I think we may have six items on the wheel. We need to spin the wheel. Two. Two. Well, that's one we haven't done in a while. Um, that would be a icebreaker. What's your silliest memory with your best friend? <laughs> so, first of all, best friend um, and the silliest memory with them. Well, I know a memory that's um, statute of limitations out now, so I already said it once on the show. <laughs> uh. But, uh, would that be where you blew something up in the bathroom at school? <laughs> I could do that. <laughs> I did that one too, didn't I? <laughs> mm -hmm. That's the one I was thinking you said you did on the show. Well, I did that one, but then... The He's done so many solo things, you can't remember all of them. <laughs> there was uh, snow on the ground. It was wintertime in high school, and me and my friend David and Frank and some other guy, I don't remember his name, but he wasn't really a friend. He was just an associate, but... The three of us was over there by the auto shop at the high school, and there was a Volkswagen Beetle Bug. Ah. And we said, hey, I bet you we can flip this thing upside down and spin it around on, this, on the ice and snow. <laughs> and we did. Ah. <laughs> we were going to push it out on the football field and leave it there. but Yeah, because it was one of those cars that just kind of sat back there for – indefinite period of time it made you wonder if anybody was even owned it or working on it but you found out that someone did as i recall <laughs> yeah we didn't we didn't get in trouble because we never got caught <laughs> uh, yeah, somebody was a little upset that their beetle got turned on his back the one guy the one guy that was the associate i i don't remember his name but he walked with a limp and so they caught him, but he never ratted us out, though. So because he was limping, you can see his that one limping kid in the snow tracks, you know, uh, limp slide. So who is Jill's best friend that had a well? Silly my friend lives in Texas now. I remember we went sledding one time Lisa upward, Jesus. up where I used you know behind Walmart. Uh, oh yeah, that big hill. That wow. hill, yeah. Walmart didn't used to be there in Wood River, of course, years ago. Vaughn Hill. Yeah. yeah. And she had never gone sledding before. So here, of course, we're all used to going sledding. And you don't wear fancy, nice clothes. You just wear, because you're going to get a little bit dirty. The snow will, you know, go away and the mud will come through. So sometimes mm -hmm. you get a little bit of mud on your clothes. But she wore a real nice pair of jeans and her long winter coat and all dressed nice and I was like you're gonna get a little bit dirty okay you know this right if you don't have anything in, wow. uh, well she always wanted to look nice when she went places I guess so and she got a little bit dirty but she went home and cleaned up and so I just thought that was kind of funny yeah, that she, she got, never got dressed up to get muddy yeah while she was sledding well, um, well, I'm trying to think of uh, a silly story. 
with their best friend. Uh, wow. I guess one is uh, like friend all through well, most of school from the time he moved into town till now. Um, early on, you know, I, I've never been a fast runner. Uh, no matter how hard I try to run fast, I never run very fast, but he was always pretty quick on his feet. And one day over at his house, we we're uh, playing, hanging out in the yard playing. And we walked, there was kind of an alley there that <laughs> ran up towards the post office. And we're just just walking up the alley, just to have nothing else to do. <laughs> and we glance over and there's a doorbell on the back of the post office. And for some reason, you know, probably about 10, 11 years old, like, I wonder what that doorbell's for. Like, you go, you go find out. No, no, you go find out. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll, we'll, we'll both go up there together. And I'm like, yeah, but if we ring it and someone comes out, you run like twice as fast as I do. Uh, I'm going to hang back halfway across here and you will ring it. Give me a head start. No, no, you go up and do it. He made me go up and ring the doorbell. Well, he was about 10 feet behind me. And so he rang it and ran. He got all the way back to the alley and cleared the corner so he couldn't be seen. But I was still hanging out in the middle of <laughs> And the post post lady came out and gave me a chewing out for ringing her doorbell. Mm-hmm. So silly stuff. Yeah. Anyway, um, and I won't I won't name the best friend because I don't know. I'm, I'm sure he wouldn't mind, but um, what was the first concert you ever went to? Letterboy is the only one I ever went to. <laughs> uh, when it comes to concerts, I've never been a concert goer. What is no. our favorite one? Or your, your, what oh, was your first, first one. concert? First one. Hmm. My first one, I'm pretty sure um, of a big time people it would be the Beach Boys. Yeah. Yeah, when it comes to actually, you know, going to buy a ticket and going to the little amphitheater or stadium, I've never, never gone to a concert, ever. Hmm. Now, when it comes to things like you're going to Six Flags, and it just happens someone's playing there. Well, I've gone to those. Well, that's what I'm referring to. That's where I saw the Beach Boys, but at Six now, Flags. <laughs> now, that being the case, I, I'm sure I saw people before this because we, we've been going to Six Flags for a long time. But the first group I remember going to see was the Bay City Rollers. They were playing at Six Flags. Hmm. I've seen See, I don't ever remember seeing any at Six Flags. I know the Old Glory Amphitheater. Every time we were there, it don't seem like anybody was ever playing. The first one that I actually paid for a ticket to go see, besides at Six Flags, was the Monsters of Rock concert in Nuremberg in 1983 wow. as an all-day concert event. Wow. I used to be able to rattle off all eight or nine bands that was there. But I have a hard time anymore, but. Yeah, there's <laughs> uh, like this guy Gary Moore. You ever heard of him? I don't know. Yeah, he used to be a TV ho- or game show host. 
Gary Moore. Then there was uh, Judas Priest was there. They weren't in this order. I'm trying to do my best. You talked about the same Gary Moore. It was like he used to be on uh, to tell the truth. Like the I game have show. no idea, but Gary Moore's um, uh, Judas Priest was there. Uh, some new band called Motley Crue showed up, jumping out of a helicopter. Or, yeah. uh, <laughs> then uh, Van Halen was there. Ozzy Osbourne, Roddy James Dio. Um, uh, then ACDC was the last act, but that was a, oh, the Scorpions were there, and one more band I can't remember who it was. I think it was a lot of those hard rock and 80s hair bands, huh? Yeah, that's <laughs> an all day concert thing we went to. They had they had these German guys, they you couldn't take glass bottles into the into the field, it was Zeppelin Field there where they you know do soccer or whatever. But and so as you're standing in line getting, they're throwing bottles, half gallon bottles from the gate all the way back yeah. into the crowd. You know, free booze. You know, <laughs> you know, and everything. There's these German guys who had a 55 gallon drum, and they had had it fashioned on some you know wooden posts so they could carry it, and they were just dumping everything in there. You could take it in in plastic. But mm. no glass and stuff. So, man, they took that big old container of whatever you know, jungle juice in there. Man, that was there was some all right weird times there. Well, <laughs> I see. All right, we'll do, we'll do we'll do one more here if you want. <clears throat> what part of elementary school do you wish that you could incorporate into your adult life? For example, nap time. <laughs> recess. Uh, yeah. Elementary school. Yeah, recess would be pretty cool. Just go out and play, kick the kick the Wish playground ball. We still had the energy we had at recess when we were kids. Yeah, there is that. Yeah. Recess. Uh, yeah, that'd be just an extra nap time now that we're older. I'm thinking that nap time does sound pretty good. <laughs> Incorporate that from elementary school. Yeah, I do that every day. Well, well, here, here's here's the thought. Ha- having the answers in the back of your book, I need a life answer. Can I just flip to the back of the book and see how it turns <laughs> out. Well, great. I'll do it that way. Yeah. So anyway, there's some randomness there. Some, not just a couple, because sometimes we get talking on those. We don't need to do like ten of them or nothing. I thought, but, I thought when I was going to college and taking my math classes and stuff. I don't know if it was like that in high school because I never paid much attention in high school. But when I was going to college, <clears throat> the answers were in the back of the book. Yeah. You know, all the odd answers were in the back of the book. Right. But the teacher would give you an assignment of all the even problems. It's like, oh, man. <laughs> yeah, high school books are the same way. They had like every odd answer and you would, the assignment would be to do the even numbered ones yeah yeah now in elementary school i don't recall really having answers in the back except for the teacher's book yeah i got so advanced in in mathematics in college they started teaching us this thing called (gasps) imaginary numbers yeah imagine (laughs) what a number would be it's a real thing though Uh it's real imaginary numbers it's real but imaginary. 
Yeah, they, it's kind of a tricky thing. I was afraid of that. Well, it's pretty obvious what else we can do. Nothing. Uh, since we're done with our randomness, we can move on to our news. News. And uh, I'm trying to remember the name of Lake Worth, Florida. I've been doing some stories recently about these uh, squirrels who get into these. Uh, they got the power grid. Yeah, and transformers and knock out the power. Well, in uh, Lake Worth, Florida, um, there was a green iguana that happened to um, mosey on into a transfer station, knocked out power down in Florida, knocked out the power grid, and all the people were without Christmas lights. And they said the iguana, when they saw went into the power company went investigate you know the the head was on the positive and the tail was on the negative and the little thing <laughs> and it had spider iguana in the middle yeah. <laughs> it was green but it was toasted red so it tastes like chicken Chris, christmas colored iguana <laughs> wow i was wondering was it fuzzy and did it have a little dog pulling the sled the Grinch. <laughs> it's, Grinch. it's red little heart grew five sizes that day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, That's funny. The iguana didn't make it. He's a mean one, Mr. Iguana. Taking out the power grid. Well, you've all heard the story about Rudolph and his nose. But I'll tell you a Christmas tale that never has been told about the world's largest uh, menorah, Lego menorah. It's made with Legos. It's in Tel Aviv. Yeah. It it's says the candle they use on uh, Hanukkah, the menorah. Yep. The first Lego stores opened earlier this year in, in Israel, in Tel Aviv. And uh, it took them three days to build this. They let kids and their family come in. And it has 136,000 blocks. Uh, it's on display in, t- in Tel Aviv at a mall, I guess, there. Hmm. And this guy, I mean, it's got a weird name. Let's see. Yelak Gollum. He's the CEO of Lego Tel Aviv and was letting, like I said, the people come in and build it. Hmm. And it's 13 and, the rules. 13 and a half feet um, hmm. big, wide, whatever you want to call it. And they broke the world record of the previous one by the half. The one that was made before was 13 meters by 13 or feet. Because this says 4.5 meters which mm-hmm. is 13 feet. Right. And so uh, I wonder if they have big candles to fit in these holes of this big menorah. They have that like, didn't say. they have toasty iguanas to put on there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those toasted iguana, put him on their menorah. Wow. Oh. And 
that says they got to wait a week for it to be approved as the largest from uh, Guinness World Records. So wait for a week. Does it take a week for it to settle in or something, or does it take? The I don't know. Guinness I guess for the the people that show up and measure, or whatever all they got to do. They're afraid some kids are going to come and start taking it apart. I want to build yeah. a car instead. <laughs> Well, you may think you've heard it all, but you ain't heard nothing yet about that crazy Christmas that the North Pole can't forget. Santa's visit brings joy to Fossey, Alaska, in an Inuit village, I think, in Uwuxit, Alaska. Uh, though the weather outside was frightful, School children in the northern town of Wikiak community were so delighted for a visit from Santa that they raced wind chills of 25 degrees below zero. Yeah, that would be some excitement to go see Santa. Uh, But uh, it was time for Operation Santa Claus in Alaska. And in Awuxa, a roadless village of about 460 residents, uh, it's on the Alaska's oil-rich north slope. But the children were warming up quickly as they waited for Santa. Um, Never mind that Santa left Rudolph at home. He uh, he caught a ride on a... Alaska National Guard cargo plane uh, to get to their town uh, 30 miles south of the Arctic Ocean. Wow. Just a reindeer hop, skip, and a jump from the North (laughs) Pole. The students were filled with cheer. Wow. Um, The story goes on to say, talk about the excited children uh, greeting the plane. Uh, Basically, this oil oil rig site uh they there was some kind of a uh, thing tragedy earlier in the year where things weren't going so well um and uh there was looking like the people didn't have money for christmas and here comes the national guard bringing santa to the rescue and that's the story oh well that was kind of nice kind of like the toys for tots maybe they brought him toys from santa and santa himself and Santa Santa came on the National Guard aircraft, and they and, and one of the closing statements was, you know, usually the National Guard comes in in times of tragedy, you know, an earthquake or a flood, but here the National Guard is bringing Santa in to make some kids happy. So it's not yeah. always a terrifying experience to see the National Guard coming. <laughs> right, that's cool. Rudolph was under the weather. He had to call in sick. So he got on the horn to his cousin Leroy, who lived out in the stick. Jill did a story, I think last week, about something similar to this story. Um, she did a cat, and so now it's a dog's turn. But um, in MSN Airport in Madison, Wisconsin, a dog was sent through an x-ray tunnel at the airport. Oh. Now, it says x-ray tunnel. I'm trying to figure, 
if it was like, you know, just a regular x-ray thing at the airport, or if it was like how they came out with the ones where it's like a full body, like they did in the Terminator movie where they're going down that gangplank and you can see your skeleton and stuff, you know? Right. You know, because it, it says the person was cleared to fly with their dog. It was a Chihuahua wiener dog, like one I have, but, and they took it when they got to the security gate, they took it out of the carrier, but they put it inside their backpack. And so um, I would assume they put it in the bucket thing and then they send it through, you know, or maybe they put it on their back and they got on the thing and went to, I don't know, but they saw the dog and said, Hey, you can't do that. You know, but yeah, I wonder why he took it out of the crate. That's kind of silly. It's like Spritel and Chim Chim on Speed Racer. They hid in his trunk (laughs) or in this case, backpack. They They were stowing away. And so they said, well, they are cleared to, fly with the animal it's just you have to take the animal out of the carrier you know and then they look examine the carrier then they take the dog and do it that way oh kind of similar like whenever we would fly with the guide dog you know but um which brings me to another point that i want to talk about later mm-hmm. that's something that happened locally here with the supposedly service animal but that's later but we can put that in our anchor topic or something anyway uh and so um they uh you know just got yelled at for doing it the incorrect way you know they should have took it out of the carrier and like held it in their arms i think was the way they described Uh, to the person you know you carry it and then they both of you could go through the like the metal detector or hand them the dog and so it's like with the guide dogs you you go through the thing first and then you have your dog go through and then it's harness and everything else set stuff up. And then they want to feel your dog up. They got to do a strip search on the dog. <laughs> Does your dog mind if you search him? It's like, go ahead, knock yourself out. You know? Yeah. Yeah. She said, Santa's really counting on me. And I hate to pass the buck. Leroy said, hey, I'm on my way. And he jumped in his pickup truck. My next story is about a couple, a man and his wife, they were going to go around the world on a tandem bicycle. Not really a Christmas story unless you want to pretend they got the bike for Christmas. (laughs) It'd be hard to pedal across like to Hawaii or something. Yeah, I don't know exactly how they did that over the water unless they maybe stayed on it on a boat or something and just pedaled in place i don't know yeah i wonder if they would take a cruise and they just kind of pedaled around the deck (laughs) but they made it around the world in 180 days if they would have watched that movie around the world in 80 days they could have knocked off 100 days but uh it says that uh oh wait here's their names i got Laura and Stevie Massapew. <laughs> ah. But they arrived December 1st in Berlin, and that's where they started from 180 days ago, which, of course, is six months. And uh, you have to go 80,000 miles in one direction to make this a world record. Hmm. So well, I don't- well, I suppose, of course, it'd be difficult getting across the ocean. But if they were to say cross like the Bering Straits between Russia and Alaska, 
and pedal like diagonal across, you know, North America or something, uh, and then maybe catch a flight, you know, across. And then as soon as you hit land, start pedaling again, you know, that, that, I guess there's a ways you could do that, you know, across and just pedal while you're on land. Yeah. Um, but they got the the mixed man and woman uh, Guinness book. There are other classifications. There's two women and two men that have also attempted this and made it into the world record book. Yeah. Huh. Uh, the women made it around the world in 200 and oh, it even has this hour, 261 days. Eight hours and seven minutes. Mm. That's the female record. The male record is 280 days, 22 hours and 30 minutes. So the couple, the married couple made it quicker than the other two. They must have been too busy arguing. <laughs> They're the like, I'm sick of this. Quit bugging me. Let's get this done. Come on. <laughs> What this over at? They wanted to go quicker. Yeah. I'm tired of looking at your butt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they wanted to get the record, so they researched all about how you had to go, what you had to do to get it, and that's where they found out it had to be the eighty thousand miles in one direction. And well, I'm, I'm sure, of course, you probably have, uh, you know, safety to... vehicles either tagging along or laying out your your route i'm sure you have to register your route with guinness and so forth yeah. and they had the pass through two antipodal points what in the world that is i don't know do you know what an antipodal point is <laughs> nope i'll have to look it up or something um uh, but i mean you, were... you probably like follow like the equator around or something i don't know they were happy to finish their long journey and happy to be back to help family, you know. Or, or maybe you have to cross, cross the equator and do some of your miles in the southern hemisphere and some in the northern hemisphere. It's just a guess. Yeah. <laughs> or they measure across the ocean and then you just ride zigzag back and cross like North America to make up for the miles across in the ocean. Oh, yeah, there we go. Let's see, so we got to the North Pole. All the reindeer stickers and laugh. They've never seen a deer in overalls and a John Deere tractor hat. Well, I have a, a story here. I was going to do it last week, but I've realized all I had was the headline and not the story. <laughs> um, <laughs> It's all downhill for 300 skiing Santas, a Grinch, and a Christmas tree. In Murray, Maine, a bunch of Santa lookalikes took to the ski slopes to spread some seasonal cheer. More than 300 jolly old elves, all dressed in red, of course, uh, dashed together down the mountain with the red hats and the white Santa beards flapping in the breeze uh, at the Sunday River Ski Resort in Maine. A skiing Grinch and a skiing Christmas tree also joined the party. It, was, <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't exactly a winter wonderland. There was little natural snow. The snowmaking machine uh, produced enough of the fluffy stuff for the annual tradition. 
uh, raising $7,500, wow, for a local charity. And that's the story. Now, on the phone, Terry mentioned having a Guinness record that he talked about last year. And I'm thinking this might be the same event, but it wasn't a record-breaking event. Yeah. As I recall, it's probably like over 500 Santas was the record. Well, it's, it's over 300. It's still quite a lot. Yeah. Skiing Santas raising money. But Santa stepped in and said, just calm down, because we've all got a job to do. And like it or not, Leroy's in charge, and he's going to be leading you. And, and let's see what state it was. In North Carolina, it was like a scene out of... Um, Oh, Christmas movie with the vacation. Yeah, vacation Christmas movie. A squirrel um, was hanging out in this family's Christmas tree. <laughs> the squirrel had came in on the roof of their house. It says through a loose shingle, but I don't, you know, probably means siding or something. It came in through up top and i guess dropped down through the ceiling it says it was like a squirrel mission impossible yeah and so then the squirrel ran around the house the dog started chasing the squirrel the kids were screaming ah! and dixie the dog chased the squirrel into the tree and they were attempting to get the squirrel out of the tree they knocked it over. They took a dust buster to give it an extra push out the window. <laughs> <laughs> the the vacuum sucked the squirrel to it. And then push out the window, <laughs> turned it off. And they've shared the video footage on Facebook. And so uh. squirrel got away. <laughs> but the squirrel went berserk, meets family vacation. And it's the Leroy, the redneck reindeer, looking through the front of the sleigh. Delivering toys to all the good old boys and girls along the way. I got one, one more that's Christmas related. I don't think it's very long. Arizona driver is cited for carpooling with an inflatable Grinch. <laughs> In Phoenix, uh, Arizona, the Grinch came early for one Arizona driver who tried to pass off an inflatable figure of the Dr. Seuss character as a passenger. <laughs> That's funny. The Arizona Department of Public Safety uh, state trooper says he noticed a car, uh, high occupancy lane, um, on Interstate 10 at Phoenix with a suspicious-looking green passenger, and it wasn't a toasted iguana. <laughs> uh, while the gag may have caused the officer's heart to grow, it did not stop the driver from being cited for being in the high-occupancy lane during a restricted time. So... The agency still could not help but post a picture of the figure uh, on their website, uh, but with the driver's face blurred out. 
So they appreciate the festive flair, but the driver's action was still illegal. <laughs> so file the traffic rules. That's all yeah. I got for this week. <laughs> Just a town hall party animals who stepping across the sky. He makes a jingle bell for the rebel yell and made history that night. Wisconsin, an adult deer was caught on the camera footage in somebody's house. The deer saw the sliding glass door and decided it was going to go in. <laughs> it busted through the door, but it got trapped inside the house for three hours and went on a rampage. <laughs> it, uh, what they call it, a uh, gourd their Christmas tree <laughs> and all their packages and ran around and made a mess in the kitchen and in the hallway. And nobody could believe that the thing couldn't find its way back out to the patio door. They, the animals are dumb that way. I got in. How did I get in? I can't find it. Ah. The people were alerted over their phone from their motion sensors and they contacted animal control and they came. Oh, it even went upstairs. They directed it down the stairs <laughs> huh. back to the sliding door. <coughs> oh, I thought I said the deer was drunk. The, the yeah. deer was. It might have been. <laughs> <laughs> It's, they think it saw its own reflection in the glass door and because it's mating season or whatever they do with their, you know. Uh, but he would have saw himself. Maybe it was a gay deer. And that, <laughs> that dude. I mean, how they how they butt their horns together, whatever it's called. Oh, there. yeah. They, he's probably got, he saw himself was going to protect his territory against himself. Yeah. Or get that guy. I don't like him. Yeah. That's all I've got. Before that night was over, Leroy had changed her tune and had him shooting a hoof on every single room by the light of a neon moon. That old rapper's bag with a Dixie flag, he was having the time of his life. And you can hear him call Merry Christmas, y'all, and all of y'all a good was just too perfect for words. Oh. There were no mistakes. Avon calling. Take time out for beauty when Avon comes calling. Use Avon Cosmetics and you'll be enthralling for a pleasure-filled break in your daily routine. It's time to take time out for beauty. Avon calling. Hi. I am Terry Hogan Helsley, your friendly Avon lady. If you need something, we more than likely have it. We have more than just makeup and cologne. Everything will be delivered to your house. So go ahead and go to my website at www.youravon.com/t. 
Hogan Housley. That is front slash T H O G A N H E L T S L E Y. Thank you. I've heard of you. What? Anyway, it's my brains and experience they want, not my gorgeous figure. All right. Well, if that's all we got, it is time to get some weird words going on. We got some words this week. We got the first one you're going to get right away. The first word is Advent. Advent, the coming of Christmas. We're going on a sleigh ride all together, all together, all together. Let's go get it. Advent means Christmas the coming. coming. Huh? It does mean the coming of. Yeah. And of course, the coming of Jesus. Approach or arrival. Yeah. And so I knew you'd get that one quick. You'll probably get a lot of these because a lot of them, of course, it's hard to find words. Christmassy related words. I never knew what Advent meant. Well, now you know. The next word is carol. Just hear those sleigh bells jingling, ring, ting, tingling too. Come on, it's lovely weather for a sleigh ride together with you. C-A-R-O-L. Like Carol Burnett. <laughs> That's my ex-wife. It's it's a Carol song, King. yeah. Terry's yeah, ex-wife. This word means a song. Carol. So of course, the sing or whatever. A L E I N. Outside the snow is falling and friends are calling you. Come on, it's lovely weather for us. Lay right together with you. Aline. A-L-E-I-N. E-I-N. Is your dyslexic and you're an alien? <laughs> Aline. That's a new one on me. Well, it kind of goes along with Carol, I think, because it says to play the flute and uh, like a Christmas chorus and to play the flute. When you so play it kind of the- goes along with the caroling. I didn't know you played the flute when you were caroling. <laughs> <laughs> Your lips might stick to the I've been doing it wrong all these years. <laughs> I don't know how they would do it because when I was in marching band we, we, and playing the trumpet, you could take your mouthpiece out and put it in your pocket. And so we could pull it out and stick it back in and, and blow. <laughs> huh. Well, your lips don't stick to it. Huh? That sounds funny and dirty. <laughs> Uh, Our next word is Corolla. Giddy up, giddy up, giddy up, let's go. Let's look at the show. We're riding in a wonderland of snow. It's, Corolla? It's a car. It's like a Toyota well, Corolla. A little different. It's C H O R A L A. That's what you got to get when you have Corona. <laughs> yeah, it's a Chorola, like with the CH on it, Corolla. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say it has something to do with lights or something, but yeah. cheese. Put cheese on it. It's a cheese ball. That's, uh, <laughs> that's when we did. It says to dance to the flute. 
so I guess as you're Christmas caroling and playing the flute, this you're is the caroling, you're fluting, and you're dancing like, like yes. the like the lords are leading, leaping, and ladies dancing. You're coral, the, the chicken dance. Our next word Terry might know it's gelt, G E L T. Giddy up, giddy up, giddy up, it's grand, just holding your hand. As we glide along, sing a song of a wintry fairyland. It's gold. This says it comes from German. Yes, yeah, gold. Gold. Golden money. Yeah, it has something to do with the gold foil wrapped chocolates. Gelt. Gelt. Well, the original St. Nicholas is said gold. 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 Gold in the stockings of some girls who were needed to have a dowry or something. Ah. Well, our next word is Kenora. Our cheeks are nice and rosy and comfy, cozy are we. We snuggle up together like two birds of a feather would be. It goes with Kenora. I. Wait a minute. K I N A O R A, Kenora. In, instead of a menorah, it's a canora. That's what you like the menorah with. <laughs> yeah, it's like Ken, Ken and Barbie, Barbie menorah and Ken menorah. <laughs> uh, wow, well, well, that's kind of interesting. This one here says it's a, it's a menorah, but it's Swahili for Swahili. So, I'm is the Swahili is that uh, Kwanzaa? It's Swahili? an African language, Swahili. So Swahili. Maybe it's an African version of a menorah. I guess I don't know. Oh yeah, it's used to celebrate Kwanzaa. It's telling me. Yeah, yeah I'm not of my Kwanzaa festivities. <laughs> they struggled to find the seven stick candle holder, so he instead. Broke off two holes from a Nora and stuck them with whatever else to make a canola, whatever I said, canola, canora. <laughs> so that's their own made up version, I guess. I'm just going to break off one of these candles, all right? There, now we got seven, not eight. Our next word is Let's take that road before us and sing a chorus or two. Come on, it's lovely weather for us. Lay right together with you. I'm not sure what acute is. You guys might know. It says acute. I A N. The acute is just like an accent mark over the A. Okay. I know acute person or whatever, but when they said it, I was like, what Rudolph said, she thinks I'm acute. Acute. It's like the, what's it, the secret of Nim, where they had the what the the rats or the animals, and it was some kind of a insane asylum or mental health thing. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't heard that word. Well, this is one that we don't usually celebrate. It actually is a Chinese word. It says, and it has goes back to the 14th century. Ripe grains is what this word means. Ah. The ancient Chinese. Uh, that's what this was like their Christmas, I guess. The Chinese Christmas. It was around the harvest season, which came in around the 
their winter solstice. Right. Nim was the name of the mythological dragon that they would prey upon the village in the winter and try to steal all their food. Hmm. Yeah, so so they shoot off fireworks to try to scare the dinosaur away, dragon away. Because, like, I mean, Christmas celebrations are, are based on, you know, winter solstice celebrations of the European. Uh, barbaric people, the Celts, I guess is who we're looking for. And so I guess every nationality, Chinese would have, this would be their you know, winter celebrations. Yeah. yeah. But it has this Nim had, evidently is what they called this dinosaur, and, but it had to do with the what, grain. Was, it, was his name Rod? Nimrod. Nimrod. <laughs> <laughs> that was a king in the Bible. Uh, yeah, it was. Nimrod. Our next word is Noel. There's a birthday party at the home of Farmer Gray. It'll be the perfect ending of a perfect day. N-O-E-L. That means you say the alphabet, but just skip over the L. That's what the you L- go right, L- you go right L- alphabet to has no L. <laughs> it, it, it's French, and it just, I think it means to birth, to be born, or something like that. It's French because if you spell it backwards, it's Leon. Yeah. <laughs> Leon. But Leon. It, it just is yeah. French for the birth or something like that. Yeah, so <laughs> that's what they shouted at the birth of Christ. No L. They're going to go on to our next word. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. Our next word is. Oops, I got to go to 10. It's a happy little word. Sheep herder. Oh, P O N C H E. We'll be singing the songs we love to sing without a single stop. At the fireplace while we watch the chestnuts pop. Pop, pop. P-O-N. Ponche. Touche. It's, it's a train, a poncha train. It's like a long bridge, Louisiana. <laughs> oh. Huh. Well, gee, you know, we're doing words from uh, all over the world. I didn't realize until I just now <laughs> was listening to it. But this word is a Spanish word. Ah, okay. It's telling me it means punch. Okay. Touch. It's a traditional cider brewed around the holiday seasons. Huh. This has especially punche. during the Mexican festival of. Is it some fruit punche, or is it some spiked punche? Las <laughs> Positas. Is that how you say it? The Mexican holiday. And this punch has five ingredients. Long Island iced tea is what we call that. Is it? <laughs> it says, five ingredients. Do you know? Yeah, that's what it's telling me. Five ingredients. Palm wine, sugar, lemon, tea, and water. Okay. See, I'm learning stuff too because I recorded this a long time ago. I don't remember all these words. Yeah. Um, They're new to you again. This next word is sham ash. There's a happy feeling nothing in the world can buy when they pass around coffee and the pumpkin pie. 
S H A M A S H. Shamash. Is it exciting? It would be a Shamash. Wow. Wow. It sounds Hebrew to me. No, Shamash. Aramaic. Would that be Hebrew? It's related. Aramaic is what. If you're not Hebrew, that's the Middle Eastern language, is Aramaic. Shamo. Shalom. Well, the Shamash, it says, is the candle on the menorah that's used to light the other candles. It's like the servant of the candles, I guess. It's the light that you use to light the others. Yeah. So instead of having like a match or a long lighter, you just grab a candle and touch the other ones, and that's the Shamash. Okay. Yeah. And then our last word is is Yule. Why you Ellie? It'll nearly be like a picture print from Courier and Ives. These wonderful things are the things we remember all through our lives. Hey, you all, come out and join the party. Yeah, Yule Tide, the Yule Log, Yule Brenner. <laughs> Yule Log. It's, it's the medieval word for the, the winter celebrations, you know. The 12 days of Christmas, it's saying, yeah. Yeah. Yuletide, Carol. Yuletide is when you would go a wassailing Yuletide. And this says it actually starts on December 25th and goes for 12 days. I thought it would start before and end on the 25th. No. Advent is what leads up to Christmas. Oh. And the 12 days of Christmas goes from Christmas to January 5th. Oh. January 5th is called Twelfth Night. Well, Shakespeare wrote a play about it. The leaping. Those leaping lizards, I mean, lords. <laughs> Eleven. The dancing ladies and the maids of milking and all like that. Yeah. Yep, yep, but that was our, we did 12 words actually today. Because so. it's 12 days of Christmas. There you go, that's why. <laughs> That'll be why. Now it's now we're done with those weird, wacky Christmas It's going to be a shock, John, so prepare yourself. It's disgraceful. Now we got time for Terry's Top Ten. Top Ten. I've got three of them. Three words. All right. <laughs> short. Three lists. Well, you was going to do oh. bad Santa's list this week, right? Yeah. I've Last got week was good Santa. I've not got, bad Santa. I've got a. I have one that is a top 10 worst things that can happen to you on Christmas. And I've got one that's a top 10 worst things about Christmas. So worst things or worst that can happen to you. I'm going to go with the worst things. Okay. Sounds good. Worst things that can happen. Let me start I'm getting that number one. Well, way up north where the 
You go downstairs on Christmas Day, and there's nothing under the tree. The Grinch took it. He did. <laughs> Number two. Someone close to you dies on Christmas morning. No, we had the relative die. We mentioned earlier about what Christmas morning was. Actually, actually last week, there was having the funeral this week. <laughs> we had a guy in our blind group not long ago, a couple of years back, that died too. And wow. his funeral was on Christmas Eve. I went to it, but anyway. Um, number three. Your house catches on fire. Ah, we, there was a fire truck driving through town just a couple days ago. Was yeah. there a parade? No, <laughs> it was not during a parade time. Somebody's house probably did catch on fire. Hmm. And number four. <laughs> Your mom has an affair with Santa Claus. Oh, I, I saw Baba kissing Santa, Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> la, 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 la. It could be worse. It could be you saw your daddy kissing Santa Claus. <laughs> 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 Number five. You die. Well, uh, well, that would not be bad for me. Just be bad for everybody else. Yeah, that's one way to look at it. Number six. Your younger sibling gets loads of presents and you get hardly nothing. Yeah, like we never experienced that, huh? I know. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Big, big pile of presents around you little Stevie. Little Steve. He and gets I got a, a rock. mountain and I get <laughs> rock. one thing. I get a stick to beat Keith's rock with and everything. Yeah. And you got the easy bake. Whether it happens or not, it, it usually seems that the people, other people get more than you do, but yeah. whether it's the reality, it seems that way. Hmm. Number seven. Your presents get stolen. Ah, I've never had that happen. No. Grinch. Grinch. Then we go back to the first one, right? There's nothing out of the tree. Where <laughs> go? Um, number eight. Your little brother breaks all your gifts. <laughs> yeah, what'd you get for Terry? <laughs> hey, I got a little brother too. Wow. Hey. Blame him. He, he's not here to defend himself. We're going to blame him for everything. <laughs> yeah. He needs to get on this show. Uh, number nine. 
Santa Claus strangles your mom to death. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> talk <laughs> about the, the naughty and nice list. Holy having, cow, having an affair and said, Hey, strangle you. Um, number 10. You get Nicki Minaj CD set. Yeah, that would be pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm probably sure I might have heard her music before, but I'm sure it's probably been some of the stuff was like, wow, how bad can you get? <laughs> <laughs> and so that wraps up my top 10 things. You wrap it up with a wrap. Christmas comes this time each year. Unless you want me to squeeze out the other one. But we can do that later. Well, it can, it can be a, a post-Christmas decompression as we head into the new year. <laughs> I know, but I got two more, though, see. Well, Doc, it's beautiful. Really beautiful. I think I've been insulted. You're about to listen to an episode of the Retro Radio Podcast. Home of the Retrobots. I'm David. I'm Kelly. The Retro Radio Podcast presents family-friendly entertainment in the form of classic old radio shows. It's the place where old tech meets new tech and likes it. I'm your host, Keith, and you can visit the podcast on the webpage at retro-otr.com. While you're there, you can like us on Twitter, follow us on Facebook, you can comment on any of the show notes, or drop us an email. We'd love to hear from you. That's so? No. That isn't so. You know it. Isn't it great to be home again? Which means we're leading into our anchor topic. <sighs> and the topic this week is on living skills. Now, Terry, you had something earlier. Would it fit under living skills, or are you just going to toss it in for a bonus? Well, I was like, uh-huh. Would it be that? Um, to do about it, has to do, it has to do with the with guide the, dogs, with the whole phony service animals, service animals. Yeah, that would fall under more of a, an orientation mobility, but we can scramble things around. We'll go with that. My wife, you know, you hear about it all the time, and it, it really irritates me. And my wife told me something that just happened yesterday. When she went to Dollar General, and I want to go down and talk to the manager there myself, being the president of the Madison County Blind Association and a former guide dog user myself. But uh, I will go ahead and tell the story. I could let my wife do it if she wanted to, but right. Um, anyways, the she went into the store, and there was a dog just running around the store, not on a leash. Just running around the store. Pooping in the corners. And somebody had said that was their service animal. And 
I just wanted to bring it to everybody's attention out there who mightn't listen to our podcast ever that I don't care where you get your dog from. They teach you, they train you, they tell you, Judge Judy will tell you, you never take your dog off the leash. Even at the guide dog schools spends 30 or $40,000 training the animals. They tell you, don't take your dog off the leash. Unless you're in a totally safe environment, such as your house. And then that's up to you if you want to let your dog off the leash. But to have a dog running around in the store. Now, I don't know if it's actually running around in the store. That's just, but still, there's a lot of people that are totally, totally. um, Terrified of dogs. Terrified of of dogs, you know. Even small dogs. Yeah. Guess it gives somebody a heart attack. Hello, you know. And so, yeah, well, I just wanted to gripe well, about that. <laughs> when you have a service animal, you're called an animal handler. And you're called a handler because, like Terry says, you have a leash and you handle the animal. The animal's helping you out, but you're also handling the animal. And so you, you have to stay connected through a it leash. It doesn't matter how well trained it is, they can have an attitude too and snap. You know, just like any person could, you know, get me out of the store right now. And and see if you're in a store and your alleged service animal is just prancing around, then it's not, it's not servicing you. It's trying to get in everybody else's business. Oh, but see, this one was supposedly the guy had seizures. And so I guess maybe he's not supposed to hold on to the dog. I have no idea. If the dog is distracted by other things, how would he know if the guy's having a seizure? (laughs) He needs to be with that guy, like you're saying, on a leash where he can pay attention to the man. The man can pay attention to the dog. Right. Yeah. Service animal. I mean, I understand there's other animals besides guide dogs for the blind, but there are still rules to follow and the leash is part of it. And you, as a store owner or as a citizen, you still do have the right to go up and ask, can I see the dog's papers? Uh, because even a guide dog handler will either have papers like right just off a little pouch in the harness. And if not that, I used to have a card, an ID card with my picture on it, with my guide dog's picture on it. Right. And with a name of the dog school on it. And that was our ID card. If you wanted to see papers, there's that's what you need to know. And I think, you know, if they, you know, they have the service animals, I say, and you're, you can put, you're supposed to keep them on a leash. You know, they're supposed to be well-trained and very expensive. You know, somebody's put a lot of time and money into it if they were trained right. And, you know, so if you got to keep your dog on a leash like that, I think people should keep their children on one too. Yeah, (laughs) we'll see it by 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 well trained for the animal. What that that basically means is obedience training, which basic obedience training means the dog understands sit and lay down, stay, don't poop on the floor, and whenever they come, they're supposed to heal. That means they walk around you, so they approach behind you on the left. And they put their shoulders next to your leg. And that is the heel position. This is basic obedience that any animal owner uh, could and should do. But especially if it's a service dog, they should understand sit, stay, you know, come when you call them. 
and, and when they come, they should heal. They should, if they're off, let's say it's your nine o'clock position, they should actually walk around you and come up behind you on your left hand side. They shouldn't just like right there at you. They should actually walk around you. If they're off to your right, they should approach you and walk behind you and position themselves at your left hand side. That's the heel position. And obedience training is part of any service dog. I don't care what kind of service dog it is. They should know that. Now, guide dogs are, do other commands, like they can guide you left, they understand go right, go left. They understand you know, traffic issues uh, to a certain degree. You're still responsible for that. Uh, and there's a, I ran across one. I looked them up. There's actually a woman in Granite City who trains, obedient trains dogs. I can't I have her name and number on my phone, but I don't know off the top of my head what it is. But right. Does it that can train obedience if you want to get your dog trained obedient? But and, and it's not difficult to to go through. It's probably like a four or six weeks course to get your dog uh, through the obedience training. But the that's only the beginning of it because it continues by you for the rest of your time with the dog. Right. Now, and then there's like this got an alarm going off. If you a, have a, a dog. And you wanted to train like some people, you could take it to a trainer and they can train. It doesn't have to be you saying, come here, boy, sit, sit, sit. They can teach it that. And then once it's, the dog is taught that, just like our dogs that we got, we weren't there from day one when they were puppies, but they were trained. And whenever we would tell them to sit, stay, come, whatever, they would listen to us. Right. Right. Well, by the time as a guide dog, by the time, you get them, they've already lived with obedience training for a, a good 18 to 24 months before they're even issued to you. And so and they, they to, do that for almost two years. You only have to do it for about four weeks. I wanted and, to, I told everybody, whenever I get my guide dog, if I go get my dog, I'm going to, and I come back, I don't care if his name is Jim. I'm going to tell everybody his name is Bob. That way, they'll be going, come here, Bob, come here, Bob. And my dog ain't going to listen to him. Well, then, when I first got mine, I took him to where I worked at. People were, he's, he's just laying in the hallway, chilling out because we weren't really doing anything. And people come up and say, hey, there, sit, hey, sit, stay, roll over. It's like, your dog is dumb. It's not doing anything. I tell it to. It's like, <laughs> he's not supposed to. He's, he doesn't have to obey you. If he does, it's because he wants to. He does not have to. If I tell him, he has to do it. Right. I'm not out there telling him sit and lay down, so he's not going to do it. But whenever I mentioned that to the guide dog trainer, he said, "Why would you do? Why would you tell somebody a phony name? Tell him its name. His name's Derby. They can sit there all day long and say, come here, Derby. Come here, Derby.' Your dog is not supposed to be distracted by anybody. He's supposed to listen to you. Now, especially if he's on the leash." Uh, he, he will not, will not, unless I let go of the leash. Now, again, referring back to that day at work, he was off the leash. Well, we was, we was at my, I was at my desk and the door, he was just sitting right outside the door. He could have easily been sitting next to me, but like I said, you, you don't take him off the leash unless it's a safe environment. And it was a safe environment and he, he wasn't going to go anywhere that was out of my sight. Mm -hmm. And so. 
but that was a case where it's a safer environment. He's off the leash. It's like, you know, if he's off the leash, you go ahead and pet him. He's, he's kind of off duty. But if he, he doesn't have to obey you, you can tell him come. You can tell him heal. You can tell him sit. He's not going to do it. If he does do it, it's just because he likes you. But he doesn't have to. But if I tell him, by golly, he will do it. Anyway, guide dogs, service dogs, what to look for is bogus dogs, how to recognize that bogus dog. And, and call the person out. Don't be afraid to walk up to them and say, hey, whose dog is this? Do you have an ID card? Because if it, if it has, if it is a trained dog, they should have an ID card. And you're not with it without beyond your rights to ask for that. Anyway, uh, the only thing I was going to have today uh, was sort of related to living skills. I'll just mention it. We can move on from there. Is I've been reading a lot, you know, end of year, uh, calendar years, New Year's coming up. Uh, a big topic, apparently, throughout the course of the year has been descriptive audio. I've been reading a lot of, you know, end of the year summaries related to descriptive audio. They even have awards for people who read descriptions and stuff. Um, and I classify it under living skills because, I mean, it's, it's, you know, TV and stuff, movies, and that was related to, you know, quality of life issues. So I just wanted to mention that. We don't need to get into it, but kind of an honorable nod there. People yeah, who maybe do next week we can talk more about that. Because there's yeah. a lot that can be said about it. Mm -hmm. But that's what I was going to do. But Terry's topic was still pretty good. Yeah. Alice, is it as dangerous as she says it is? Well, people have been known to break bones. Oh, I got plenty of bones. Oh, yes, yes. I remember you now. You're the little man with the kind face. Do we have any emails? We might. Let me check. I forgot to even look and see my inbox. What's in the mail for today? Oh, just the usual bunch of crackpot letters. What's it say? What? Well, isn't that nice? Okay, doki e mail. Let's see if this is going to be any good or not. <laughs> I hope it's going to be good. Um, okay. All right. Here's is the email. Um, it just starts out with, hey there, TSF host. Uh, I know I should not have done this, but I'm 83 years old. And I was in a McDonald's drive through this morning. And a young lady behind me kept leaning on her horn and mouthing something at me because I was taking too long to place my order. <laughs> I, when I got up to the window, I paid for her, went, her order along with my own. The cashier must have told her what I had done because as we moved up, she leaned out of her window and waved to me and mouthed, thank you, Obviously embarrassed that I had paid her rudeness with kindness. <laughs> when I got to the second window, I showed the cashier both receipts and took both meals. <laughs> now she has to go all the way back to the line and start over again. <laughs> Don't blow your horn at old people. They have been around a long time. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's our email from an 83-year-old lady. Hmm. <laughs> That's yeah. kind of funny. It's not what I was expecting to happen, but okay. <laughs> 83. You know, we do have a, a relative who recently died. He was 87. There wasn't sent it from her, though. <laughs> no. Yeah, don't mess with old people. They'll steal your lunch. <laughs> I can remember when you used to say the same thing about me. I'm the boss now. I, I do as I please. Well, with that, we yeah. are ready for some final thought. Or something like that. You know what reindeers decorate their tree with? Ornaments. Ornaments? Corn? <laughs> um. Christmas is a race to see which gives out first, your feet or your money. Oh, money, money. <laughs> <laughs> When honeybees create a new hive, do they have a half swarming party? <laughs> Which reindeer does Santa always have to get on to? Rudolph. He's so rude. <laughs> rude deer. <laughs> Um, anyone who believes men are the equal of women have never seen a man try to wrap a Christmas present. <laughs> All righty. Well, back in the day, I would uh, disagree with that. But anymore, yeah, sure. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, what did the mommy spider say to the baby spider? You spend too much time on the web. <laughs> what do you call a reindeer with no eyes? No idea. No I got idea. no idea at all. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what a Christmas he wants this time. Uh. One Christmas, things were so bad at our house, I asked Santa for a yo-yo. All I got was a piece of string. My father told me it was a yo. <laughs> <laughs> Got you a yo, man. Uh, what do you call a dude who never farts in public? A private tutor. <laughs> uh, I wish I had some Christmas ones. I looked for some this year. I got some funny ones. What did Santa give the reindeer with an upset tummy? An Elka seltzer. <laughs> blop, blop, biscuits. Last Christmas, I put up stockings. All I got was odor eaters. So. Oh. <laughs> You should have washed her first, Jill. Maybe. <laughs> uh, what kind of sweets do astronaut bombs like? Mars bars. 
Ooh, yummy. Where does Santa's reindeer stop for ice cream when their job is done? <laughs> At the Dairy Queen. Ah, yeah. Dairy Queen. The Dairy Queen, huh? Dairy Queen. Well, Christopher, Christopher, Christmas is a magical time of year where all your money disappears. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Hmm. Pro tip. Never take a sleeping pill and a laxative at the same time. Um, lesson learned. <laughs> Why do Dasher and Dancer get to take so many coffee breaks? Because they are Santa's Starbucks. Starbucks. <laughs> this one that I'm going to do here is a little iffy. A little boy wrote to Santa Claus, please, Santa, send me a sister. And Santa Claus wrote back, please send me your mother. Your mama. <laughs> oh, man. Why is a computer so smart? Because it listens to its motherboard. <laughs> hmm. Uh, um, what is brown, white, and red all over? A sunburned reindeer. Oh, I oh. candy cane. <laughs> I once bought my kids a set of batteries for Christmas with a note on it that said, Toys not included. <laughs> there we go. I went to a set with an 83 year old grandma. <laughs> well, it's kind of a Christmassy one. Some Christmas carolers came by and was rocking back and forth while he was singing. It just occurred to me why it's harder to hit a moving target. <laughs> hmm. Why was Rudolph directing the Christmas play? Because Santa said, Rudolph, won't you guide my play tonight? <laughs> <laughs> Play. <laughs> They're getting worse. Do you got any more, Jill? Um, I got one more. Have a Rama Hana Quasmas. <laughs> and remember, it ain't over until the fat angel sings. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of that. Uh, finally, my winter fat is gone. Now I have spring rolls. <laughs> That's my last one. <laughs> I don't have no more. I don't have no more either. All righty. We're all done then. I'm not talking to you. <laughs>